Today on Abounding Grace from Pastor Ed Taylor. When you read the Bible, you find some of the greatest work done through people as they were just doing their daily work. God met them right in the place to transform their lives as they were faithful in the moment. And if there's anything that we can learn as a church family as we grow in our trust and faith in God, that is to be faithfully faithful with what's before us. That's what's required from us. It's not building up this emotion to take a big leap of faith, but rather, I want to hear the voice of God. Well, are you faithful? And are you in a place of obedience? This is amazing grace. How do I determine the will of God for my life? That's a common question many believers have asked as they travel through life. And we might even wonder if the place we're at right now is where God wants us to be, or if it's just a big waste. Today on Abounding Grace, be refreshed and encouraged through a study of 1 Samuel 9. Pastor Ed Taylor will urge us to be faithfully faithful in every moment, whether you're picking up after the kids, helping a neighbor out, or doing your job. As we're faithful, God will be well pleased and even speak to us. Here's a few examples of that from scripture. How about Gideon? Gideon was one of the judges that I mentioned. Where was Gideon when God spoke to him? What was he doing? Well, the Bible says that he was threshing wheat in the wine press, Judges chapter six, verses 11 and 12. He was doing the ordinary. He was taking wheat and he was beating it so that the wheat and the chaff could be separated. And even one step further, where was he doing this? In a wine press. He was doing it in a wine press because he was afraid and hiding from the Midianites. Because when you thresh wheat and beat it, you would throw it up in the air on a high hill and the wind would separate it. But he's hiding in a wine press. And God spoke to him because he even found in his fear and anxiety to do the right thing and be obedient. I think of David. Where was David? What was he doing when God began to lead and speak to him? He was just a kid taking care of his father's flocks and obeying his dad, taking supplies to his brothers. Remember, he took those supplies, took food to his brothers, checked in on his brothers, and he overheard Goliath, and the rest of his life was changed as God welled up faith in him to stand before Goliath as a little ruddy kid when nobody else would. How about the disciples? How did God, what were they doing when, God, when Jesus called them to follow him? Well, you know, some of them were fishing, Others were collecting taxes and doing whatever job was required of them at the time. And when you read the Bible, you find some of the greatest work done through people as they were just doing their daily work. God met them right in the place to transform their lives as they were faithful in the moment. And if there's anything that we can learn as a church family as we grow in our trust and faith in God, that is to be faithfully faithful with what's before us. That's what's required from us. It's not building up this emotion to take a big leap of faith, but rather, I want to hear the voice of God. Well, are you faithful? And are you in a place of obedience? So if you're taking notes, let's look at a few things here in the text that are very important for us to draw out, learning to be faithful. How does God speak to us today? Number one, 
Most often he speaks to us as we're daily doing what we need to do. As we are daily doing what we need to do. One of my most favorite passages in the Bible when I find myself in the routine of my life because my life is very routine as well. I mean, I spend a lot of time answering emails. I spend a lot of time on the phone. I spend a lot of time reading. It is not the supernatural, exciting life that some people might think. I have a daily routine in my life, and I have mundane tasks that need to be taken care of day in, day out, day in, day out. And now that the kids aren't around, I've got to do the dishes on top of that. (laughs) The dishes. Praise God for a dishwasher. But even with a dishwasher, I don't like doing the dishes. I wish I could yell and tell somebody to do them. Hey, the dishes are dirty. But now that just echoes and that's all I hear. I do the dishes. It's a normal life. I live a normal life just like you. And yet in the normal faithfulness, God speaks and he leads and he confirms. And most often God speaks to us as we are daily doing what we're supposed to do. Abraham's servant, this passage has encouraged me so many times. Because Abraham's servant was sent to go find a bride for his, his son. And he comes back after finding the bride. It all takes place. And in Genesis 24, verse 27, he says this. He actually says it twice. He says it later on too. He says, as for me, being on the way, the Lord led me. So some of you are like, no, I'm going to sit here and wait for the will of God. No, you need to be on the way, being faithful to do what's before you. And listen, because while you're on the way, the Lord leads you. You might have heard it said this way. You know, it's a lot easier to steer a moving car than one that's parked. And it's true. It's so much easier to hear the word of God, to hear the will of God for your life when you're obediently moving forward in him. Secondly, secondly, God often leads us not only in the doing it, but of doing it diligently. Diligently, You know how the Bible says that whatever you do in word or deed, do it all unto the Lord. Do it all to him. You know, whatever you do, you don't do it for your spouse. You don't do it for your boss. You don't do it for the government. You don't do it for the church. You don't do it for the pastor. Whatever you do in word or deed, you do it diligently unto the Lord. You're doing it for him and to him and from him. And that's what we see here in chapter 9. In verses 4 and 5, we see diligence in King Saul, or at least he's not king here, but in Saul. And I want to show you the diligence, because reading through the scriptures, we miss stuff at times. But I want to come back, and I want you to notice in verse 4 with me. We're going to just highlight things here. I want you to see diligence. It says, so he passed through the mountains, through the land, through the land. He passed through the land. And then verse 5, he went and came to the land. Like this was not just one off. It wasn't like Saul's dad saying, Kish saying, Saul, go find my donkeys. And he walks like, you know, to the end of the driveway. Oh, I don't know where are the donkeys. I don't know. And then they come back home. Oh, I can't find them. <laughs> no, man, he is diligently, boom. He's going this land, this land. You know, in my mind, just trying to conceive it. Like, like hey, I, I looked in Aurora. They, I passed through Aurora. They weren't there. I passed through Denver. They weren't there. I passed through Lakewood. They weren't there. Centennial. I went over to Golden. Man, I went to Grand Junction looking for those donkeys. And I can't find them. We know this took a long time for two things in the text. Number one, notice Saul began to worry about his dad in verse 5. He says, hey, we better go back because dad might worry about us more than he's worrying about the donkeys. And we know it took time because by the time we come to verse 7, when they're looking to go to the man of God, they say, what are we going to bring them? We don't have any more supplies. So they've exhausted all the food, everything that they took. We know this took time. 
I didn't look at it on a map, but maybe I should have to look and see exactly what the geography was of all the areas that they passed. But this was no small thing. This wasn't like five minutes just to appease his dad. He went looking for those donkeys faithfully. And one of the reasons why is not just obedience. One of the reasons I can see why he was so diligent was as an example to the guy he took with him. The guy that he was with him, he recognized. You see, Saul had some really good characteristics in him. I know that you Bible students realize that he didn't become a very good man or a very good leader, but that's not how he started. And that's always been a discouragement for me as a pastor, always, still is to this moment. I watch guys, I watch women, I watch families. I see them launch off into the things of God, so good and so glorious. It's just so, it makes me so happy to see God grab a heart, grab, grab a dad, grab a mom's heart, and they're just loving God, transformation, see a guy get sober, see a gal forsake her ways. Like It is so amazingly great. They start out so well with such great potential. And then over time, just a few events, a few decisions, they crash and burn so hard. And it's always discouraging because people are always hurt. Kids are hurt, grandkids are hurt, great-grandkids are hurt, the church is hurt, the name of Jesus Christ goes through the mud again, there's more hypocrisy, more difficulty. It's discouraging. Saul starts out so well. What happened to the obedient kid? Or, and he's not a kid here, he's a young man. What happened to the obedient man to his dad? You see... At this stage in his life, he's faithful. And as they're looking for animals, as they're looking for donkeys of all things, there's no mention in the text of them being frustrated, complaining, murmuring, because that's a position, you know, it's, it's difficult to hear the word of God when you're complaining all the time. It's difficult to sense the leading of God when you're a murmurer. It, it's really, really hard to hear God and to follow his leading when, when you're so jealous of someone else and you just want what they have and and while you're so jealous, you can't hear. While you're complaining, while you're upset, I don't like this. I don't like this job. I don't like this marriage. I don't like the way my kids are turned out. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. And it puts you in a place where you don't hear from the voice. You don't hear the voice of God any longer. We've got it all backwards. Remember Jesus taught us? Jesus taught us. He, he taught us very clearly, very simply on top of that. When he said, when you guys pray, I want you to pray this way. And he says, I want you to pray. He didn't say repeat the words exactly. He says, this is the motto. I want you to pray this way. And one of the things he taught us, he said, when you come to the Father, I want you to come this way. I want this to be your heart. I want this to be your mind. When you're stepping out in faith and you're living, I want this to be your heart. You, you memorize this, I'm sure. You cry out to God, thy kingdom come. Say it with me if you know it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But do you know what disappointment does? Disappointment flips that on its edge. And we begin to demand from God to fix the problem that we perceive. It didn't happen the way I wanted, so God fix it. And so instead of asking for God's will on earth, what do we say? And we don't use these words, so don't listen for them. Very rarely do I ever hear this in a prayer, even in my own prayers, but I understand it. Instead of asking for God's will to be done on earth, you're commanding God to do your will in heaven. You want your will to be done. You want God to change and adapt to your situation when God all the while has used this situation to get your attention. It's not your will in heaven. It's God's will on earth as it is in heaven. It's always going to be that way. 
And it just adds to more frustration when you choose to take this approach. And I think it's kind of like the consumer thing in our culture and, you know, just have it your way. The customer's always right. Hey, man, anybody that works in retail, anyone that owns a business, you know that's not true. The customer is not always right. Anybody want to amen that? Or are you guys like, now, and then you're like, but I'm the customer and I don't like that. You know, it's like, whatever. We just get so many things get fed to us in our culture that we just totally believe and they're not biblical. You're not always right. I'm not always right. And I want to place myself in a position to hear from the Lord. One of the great tests in our spiritual life is when God allows our agendas, our plans, our goals to be challenged with the mundaneness of everyday life. Paying the bills and shopping and whatever we got to do. What will you do and how will you respond? Saul, with great potential, responded for care and concern for his dad. Caring for his dad even in the midst of a very frustrating situation. Just like Moses. Moses in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, 7, and 8, he's described, check this out. Moses is described in the Bible by God as this, and I quote, He is faithful in all my house. What a great pattern. Like, what about Moses, God? Tell me about Moses. He is faithful in all my house. And there's the benefit of faithfulness, he says. I speak to him face to face. Faithfulness brings greater intimacy with God. Unfaithfulness breaks intimacy. When you can't trust someone, you can't get close to someone. It's just the way it is. And that's how unfaithfulness works in our lives. Not only, number three now, not only did Saul do what he was told, the daily work, not only did he do it, number two, diligently, but thirdly, he did it spiritually. He did it spiritually. He recognized the spiritual part of looking for his dad's donkeys. He recognized that in everything we do, there is spiritual value to it. Instead of being overwhelmed by the situation, Saul asked for God's help in all this. And that's an impressive thing to follow. He looks for God in the midst of the difficulty and says, I think we need a man of God. I heard about a man of God. He could tell us where to find him. And he starts looking for this man of God. And let me, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want to repeat it twice because it just so ministers to my heart. And I want to lay it before you. Listen, learning how to do the simplest of things spiritually is an essential ingredient for your spiritual maturity. Let me repeat that. Learning how to do the simplest things spiritually is an essential ingredient to your spiritual maturity. Like when someone can keep their cool when everything's going all over the place and they can just keep going in him and realizing the spiritual aspect of their life, man, a person like that grows up very fast and matures very quickly. I think of all the mundaneness in this room today. I know you don't want to be reminded of this, but I'm going to remind you because you probably have forgotten. But tomorrow is Monday. Did you know that? Tomorrow's Monday. Most of you are going back to work tomorrow. Just want to let you know. Yep, you're going back to that desk. You're going back to that steering wheel. You're going back to whatever it is. You get to go back to work. For me, Monday is my day off. Just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> and then I had a few people yell, it's my day off too. Well, we're not asking. It's my day off. My day off. Most people don't have Monday off. But see, as you anticipate going back to work, and some of you are not looking forward to it, you're not looking forward to doing what you're supposed to do daily. You're not looking forward to doing what you're supposed to do daily diligently. And it could be perhaps because you've forgotten what you're about to do at work tomorrow is spiritual in nature. That everything and everywhere God has you is to intersect you with other people for the sake of the gospel. And I think not only just work. I think of the moms that stay home all day. 
I think especially of you younger moms that are changing diaper after diaper after diaper after diaper after diaper, and you're like, when is this kid going to stop? And you're just like, what is the value of changing diapers? Let me just say, thank you for changing diapers. It's value. It's a value to us, so thank you very much. It's a value to your kid. They don't have to walk around with that stuff in their diaper all the time. Thank you. But you know, you can get through doing the same thing over and over again and wonder, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Oh, by the way, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but they finally invented the coolest thing for you moms and dads with kids in diapers. It's a little Bluetooth thing that you stick on the diaper and it sends you a notification when your kid drops a load. I'm serious. I'm serious. You don't believe me. Check this out. I looked it up. Listen, listen how it describes it. This is so cool. I, I lost it. Let me find it here. So here, here it is. Uh, this company created a cookie-sized sensor with Bluetooth that attaches to the outside of a baby's diaper. The sensor can detect whether there's pee or poo in the diaper and alert parents and caregivers. No more need for the diaper sniff test. <laughs> Imagine that, your kid's in the nursery right now and there's a little thing on their bottom and it sends you a notification, dirty diaper, and you're like, let them change it. <laughs> but what the value of raising the next generation can be lost in dirty diapers and difficulties. You just wonder, I'm just, all I do is fix cars all day, what's the significance? Man, you're fixing those cars under the Lord and those people depend upon you. And you and I, we need to learn how to do what's before us diligently, spiritually. You guys, over and over again, you're passing through, passing through, passing through. Like with a song we sing, you know, you pass through the mountains, you pass through the valleys, you pass through the mountains. That's just life. The ups and downs of life, the twists and turns of life, daily, patiently going to work, delivering, filing, answering phones, fixing that clutch, developing that software, you know, making sure that you take care of this and you have that, like all the things that God has us doing, choosing to do them diligently and dependently and spiritually will put you in a better position to hear the voice of the Lord, to be led by him. And you know, when we think of faithful, you have to remember, flip that word around and think a person that's faithful is also a person that's full of faith. And you're depositing these elements of faith. You think God's just going to give it to you all at once. But rather, he's preparing you through the process. A little here and a little there and a little here and a little there where you don't know. You know, by, the, by here in, in 1 Samuel 9, Saul has no idea that his life is going to flip upside down in a couple days. All he knows is he's looking for donkeys. That's all he knows. That's all that's before him. And he has no idea that his desire in looking for donkeys and how looking for this man of God, that that man of God is actually Samuel and that Samuel's going to anoint him as the next king of Israel. And like Saul, you have no idea what two days bring or three days. You have no idea. You have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. I know it's frustrating at times, but it is the way it is. We don't know what God is doing. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. What we would do well to do is to be diligent spiritually doing what's in front of us. Listening carefully for the leading of God. So often when someone is doing what is right before them, they end up coming to a place of what we like to call this divine appointments. And God just leads us to the place we need. We're entirely unaware of it, but God just shows up. 
And you may have found in your life a frustration or a question of why God has placed you over something that's seemingly so insignificant, a small thing. And you're looking for donkeys and you're filing papers and you're fixing a clutch and you're changing a diaper and you're cleaning a car and you're answering a phone or taking care of a customer, you name it. And so often we can be tempted with feeling like what we're doing is such a waste. It's not a waste in the Lord. If you do it diligently and you do it spiritually, one day you'll find out that God had a purpose in it all. That what you're doing is rewarded by faith. One day God's going to reveal his overall purposes for our lives. And he's going to answer in his presence all the why questions that we've carried and we filed away. When you and I can learn that the issue in life isn't what we see that what we're doing seems so fruitless, that's not the issue. The issue is learning to do it diligently no matter how we value it. Because when you and I can just live faithfully daily, one day you will see the end. You'll see it. It'll make sense. I like to tell people that I know that a lot of things don't make sense today and a lot of things are painful today. But when you are in the presence of God, and he reveals to you the overarching work of him in your life, I want to assure you 100% on the authority of the Bible that when God reveals the plan that you lived while you were on earth and you're in his presence, you and I will agree with him 100%. You will say, it's probably something like this, oh, that's why. And then we begin to praise God and glory and bow down before him, casting our crowns of rewards at his feet, enjoying his presence. Listen, God is not wrong. And God is not foolish. And God is not ignorant. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. So choose to do what's before you. Choose to do it diligently. Choose to do it spiritually. And you will find you are more sensitive to the leading and the guiding and the voice of God in ways that you've never, ever seen before. Leading you to what? More faithfulness, right? Because to whom much is given, much is required. To the faithful, more is given. To the faithless, what little you have is taken away, Jesus taught us. And given to who? The faithful one. How does he get more? Well, from the unfaithful. As we launch into a new year and we have this whole new season in our life and this whole new opportunity, let us pay attention to faithfulness. As we go into faith, as into faith we go, let it be into faithfulness that we go. Trusting God, doing what's before us. A good word there to take in and apply. We're to be faithfully faithful in every moment. And that's the title we've given this message from Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. If you'd like to hear Faithfully Faithful in Every Moment, stop by our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Today's study is part three in our series, Into Faith We Go. And you can hear each and every message through our app or website. Download the free app today by searching for Calvary Aurora in your favorite app store. We have an excellent resource to share with you today. Pastor Ed, what do you have there? Well, The Love Letter Life is a book written to encourage you in your single life. Now, I know a lot of times we are recommending marriage books, and that's an important 
uh, truth to learn. You, you, it's definitely important that we receive insight on marriage. But I also spent two and a half years serving singles. And I don't want to forget singles as we launch off into the month of February. And a friend of mine, a pastor in New Jersey, recommended this book to me. It's entitled A Love Letter Life. And it culminates a um, you know, whether you're single, it says, or searching, or you're even in a serious dating relationship or desiring to love your spouse better, Jeremy and Audrey equip you to pursue an intentional, creative, and faithful love story as they share theirs. And so it says their journey to their wedding day was the culmination of a bumpy and complicated dating relationship from health problems to emotional walls to being separated by a thousand miles the couple faced daunting obstacles. Yet their unique approach to dating empowered them to write an uncommon love story and prepare them for married life. And we want to put this book in your hands. And if you can support us, that would be awesome. Uh, but no matter how you get it, we want to encourage you. We want you to grow in your singleness. We want you to grow in your marriage. And I encourage you, pick up A Love Letter Life by Jeremy and Audrey Roloff today. God bless you. That's The Love Letter Life. Ask for your copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more by calling 877-30-GRACE. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.